Welcome to the Soul Connection Duo podcast. We are your hosts, Alexa and Sydney, and we are so excited to have you here with us today. Get ready to connect to your soul and start healing within. Today, our guest is Jennifer. Jennifer is a clinical hypnotherapist, women's life transformation coach, astrologer, and Reiki master teacher. She specializes in helping women grow and transform, ultimately creating shifts to catapult them forward toward their dream life and desired goals. Through modalities such as suggestive clinical hypnotherapy, spiritual response therapy, energy healing, and intuitive guidance from tarot and astrology, Jennifer works with each client individually to create a growth plan specifically for their needs. Through this, she assists her clients' growth on a spiritual, mental, emotional, and physical level. She is passionate about working with both the conscious and the subconscious mind, and this is where she differs from other coaches. With over 10 years of experience in this field, she uses each and every tool she's obtained, and this knowledge is condensed and broken down into each and every session. All sessions are held virtually from the comfort of your own home. Jennifer works with clients all over the world and places a high importance on creating long-term and sustainable results. Jennifer is a Canadian residing in New Zealand, living her dream of a life by the sea. Welcome to the Soul Connection Duo podcast, Jen, and thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. We're so excited to learn a little bit more about you. I was going to say, it didn't sound like you had a New Zealand accent. So that answers my first question is um, (laughs) if you were from somewhere else other than um, New Zealand, but you're obviously Canadian. So that's really cool. Um, How long did you live there for? Just over two and a half years. So um, literally two months before COVID and really, really interesting for um, someone um, astrology is going to pop in here. So it's just better for everyone to understand it's the lens in which I see the world through. So I'm a Taurus. And (laughs) if you know anything about Taurians, moving across the world is not typical behavior. And um, I came here traveling in January of 2019 and just fell in love with the country. Um, So came home, applied for a visa, not really even like I don't even think I was really committed to moving at that point. I think it was like, let me just see what happens. And uh, within two weeks, my visa was approved, which I now understand is not typical. So my process getting here and the alignment in me coming here and how much I've grown since being here has just been like, it's very hard for me to put into words. So um Fast forward, I move and with a very, very loose plan, which again is not like me at all. I really like to have a plan with things. So I move here with a very loose plan and then land myself in the safest place in the world during a global pandemic. So it's just been wild. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) the best unexpected journey I could have ever put myself on. Mm -hmm. I know New Zealand is so cool. I know a few people over there and I'm like, I kind of wish I was there right now. Um, I've always <laughs> wanted to go there and now just with everything going on it's obviously obviously traveling is not quite as easy but um, so your experience started with Reiki am I correct yeah it did yes, yes a little bit more about that and how you got into that how long you've been doing it for totally so 
I started my Reiki journey like most people do as a client. And I was at a phase in my life where um, I was really starting to step into understanding spirituality, kind of started to get interested in crystals and just kind of little things like that. And it was a phase in my life where I felt really lost. I wasn't sure what my purpose was. I felt like I was kind of in Groundhog Day. Um, and during that time, we had had a lot of passings in our family. So I sought out to see a psychic medium, which was like nothing I've ever done like that before. And so through her, who she ended up becoming a dear friend and a mentor. And she suggested I go for a Reiki session to get my energy worked with. And at that time, I, and I always like to highlight that I went into my first Reiki session, a total skeptic, like just, I remember thinking, I don't know what this nonsense is going to be, but I will try anything at this point. And I laugh now because, you know, first day of the rest of my life type thing, it completely changed my life. And what it helped me understand is that we don't have control over a lot of things in this world, but we most definitely can control our energy and how, um, what we give our energy to, what we let impact our energy and Reiki being able to understand and clear and manipulate your own energy fields, I feel is one of the greatest gifts that you can give yourself, whether you want to work with others or not. Um, it's really the foundation of everything. So that's, yeah, it's where everything started for me. So cool. I um, just recently got my Reiki one um, from a friend of mine here and it is definitely like, it's amazing how much you can really play with your own energy. And I use it on my dogs a lot of the time um, as well. Love that. Yeah. I'm like you, I actually just, I was like sitting in a meditation one day and something told me that I had to go get my Reiki. Um, and I never had a session before. So I was like, maybe I should have a session before I just dump, jump right into this. Um, but it has been really cool to play with it and hopefully um, getting my Reiki too and maybe my my uh, master level as well eventually. I love that. Isn't it amazing how intuitive animals are? And um, I have a cat in Canada who my aunt's fostering him until I can just sort out all those logistics. And I, it's everywhere that I've been in New Zealand, there's been a cat. And I recently moved and there's these beautiful big sliding doors at my office. And every time I'm in a session, well, the first time I, look, I just looked down and there's this cat beside me. I was like, hello, where did you come from? <laughs> um, and I realized it's the neighbor's cat and he only comes when I'm working and he just sits right beside me. And I just think it's so amazing how intuitive animals are and how much they understand like energy work. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, they always seem to be right in there with the energy. Yeah, we've definitely had discussions with other people too, like on this podcast that have talked about like animal communicators and also just like the intuitive ability of animals. Like we've chatted with psychic mediums who have Mm. talked about that as well. And it's, yeah, it's really, really cool. We both have dogs. So we're, I love big animal people, but (laughs) I love that. Yeah. Jen, um, the Reiki kind of has led you into exploring further modalities. Um, The one that I'm really 
interested to learn more about is the spiritual response therapy. I had never heard of it before I talked to you. Yes. So my, I feel like my drive and my why has always been to help people. I had an eight year corporate career within the staffing industry. And I think the only thing that really kept me driven within that was the ability to, to help people. And um, once I left that and kind of naturally progressed into this, it just kind of started unfolding. So it started with Reiki astrology has kind of always been, I was self-taught for a long time and then um, dove in with taking courses because I wanted to understand on such a deep, deeper level. Um, we could do a whole podcast on that in itself. It's, astrology is so interesting. Yeah. But um, so SRT or spiritual response therapy, the best way that I can describe that is with the belief system that we incarnate and that we have multiple lives, the soul carries and holds on to everything. So it doesn't necessarily understand that we can release something because it's not of this life. Um, a really, really easy way to understand that is I'm sure all of you have bumped into someone at some point or met someone, I should say at some point that you've never met before and have thought like, I don't even know you, but like, I feel like I've known you forever. Or on the flip side of that can just meet someone and think like that person's never done anything to me, but I don't like them and I don't want them around me. Uh, it's the soul remembering. So what SRT does through something called idiomotor response um, and kinesiologists use this by way of muscle testing. SRT uses it idiomotor response through connecting on a soul level through a pendulum and a series of charts. And it goes in and it will help remove soul blocks or soul programs that may be hindering you in this life from being able to move forward the way that you need to. Um, I'll give you, I mean, there's so many examples that I've experienced myself, but a really, really cool one is so out of nowhere, probably around the age of 30, I started to develop this like really dislike for birds. like if I saw a pigeon, like I would freeze. Um, it really, really, I even kind of still, I talk about it, the hair stands up on my arms, like chickens, nothing has ever happened to me with a bird ever. And it just, it, they just really started freaking me out. Um, and then at around 32, I developed an egg allergy. I love eggs. I was devastated. <laughs> so have to remove eggs from my diet and the fear of birds so strange. So through an SRT session, this came up and was able to remove some things around that. And I actually, this morning just had a moment where this bird kind of crossed me on a path and I was like, hello. And then I was like, oh, am I befriending the birds all of a sudden? <laughs> um, but as I healed this fear of birds, uh, about four months ago at a session with my naturopath, um, who checks allergies for me, my egg allergy reversed. And a lot of times, and not all the time, but a lot of times allergies or irrational fears like that can come in by way of soul programming, by something that had happened in a past life. And they don't always have to start at birth. They can, these programs can be triggered throughout, um, as we turn a certain age, as we go to a, a different location, 
this is very much so how we can also get deja vu, where we step into a place or with someone and you just get this overwhelming feeling of like, oh my God, have I been here before? Have I done this before? It's the soul remembering. Mm -hmm. So it's so interesting. That is really interesting. I think Lex knows exactly what I'm going to say. We're both sitting over here laughing because over the last few years, I have also developed this huge fear of birds. And I don't know, I feel like it's honestly kind of a common fear. Like, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm so fearful of them. Now I'm starting to like realize other people are too. But I don't know what it is about birds that are like, you know what I mean? Like, it's interesting like I wonder what could have happened in a past life to make people so fearful of like birds specifically you know what I mean what came up for me specifically uh when I was going through this in an SRT session what came up for me specifically was it was a life um where I I was actually really harmed by a bunch of chickens okay <laughs> which I know sounds funny I can laugh yeah. but it's not ha- it's not happening now no. and I hope nobody nobody ever gets harmed by chickens because that wouldn't be funny but um again with because it was really just the chickens and then it kind of was like all birds and I couldn't understand right why like the hair on my arms would stand up when it like you know and so with healing that and removing it could really be anything that was just like me specifically with that past life but um I'm very happy that I got eggs back because I love them and it was very exciting for me (laughs) I know I'm like waiting for my egg allergy to come around now (laughs) um so how does a session work like I I know you started off with the example but like how do you go Mm. through the process of that with a client so typically what I do is I work with women on three to six months basis, um, either weekly or biweekly sessions, depending on what they feel that they need. And why I've transitioned into this is because a lot of women will come to me feeling like they need, oh my goodness, and the door is shut, but the neighbor's cat's right outside. <laughs> Every time. Um, every time it knows. Um, So what I've realized is a lot of women coming to me, come to me, excuse me, realizing that they want to move forward in a way that they haven't been able to, or they're really unhappy with something, or maybe they are just more curious around spirituality because they're stepping into the knowledge that we are just more than our earthly bodies. And there's steps to this. There's steps to moving forward. There's steps to creating sustainable progress and a sustainable foundation, which is what I'm all about. And helping women awaken their inner healer and help them have the tools to be able to um, start to rely on themselves for intuitive guidance and not be dependent on other people. So this is not done in one session. And what I was finding is it was a very, it was an unrealistic expectation that people were putting on themselves to expect the growth that they wanted out of one session. So um, my passion is really to be able to help women step into their highest alignment on their journey of becoming their higher self to help them progress along their journey of soul expansion, which is really moving from the south node of the north to the north node within your astrological chart. What does this mean without all the spiritual jargon? Because that may not resonate with everyone. Um, I help women who are ready to start welcoming and attracting happiness, abundance, 
positive relationships, love and success into their lives to be able to release old wounds on a conscious or subconscious level to be able to step into the versions of themselves that they want essentially. So sessions are really tailored to the individual. Um, I use all of my modalities such as uh, spiritual response therapy, Reiki where needed, guidance from astrology and tarot um, and clinical um, hypnotherapy, clinical suggestive hypnotherapy. And each session is meant to build off of the last. And they're really designed, like I said, to create that sustainable foundation. And I think sometimes during our journey and our lives, we need someone to walk alongside us who can see things through a different lens, who can help us get that growth. So it's not one step forward and three steps back because that's frustrating. And then you are able to walk by yourself, essentially. So I'm really about helping women be able to step into that, teaching them tools, helping remove um, conscious and subconscious blocks. So then they're able to really go within and use their own tools to be able to do that individually. Right. And do you only work with women then? I know like as women, we typically do explore more of these options and are becoming a bit more spiritual, but do you work with men as, uh, as well, or do they not usually? Um, I found in the beginning, it wasn't necessarily something that I, I, I only wanted to focus, focus on women, but I just found that the women is where I feel most aligned to and women and men think very differently. (laughs) And I find that, um, the lens in which that I see the world through and I feel my soul purpose is more aligned with helping women to do this. And so that's why I've just chosen to only work with women, uh, made that shift about a year ago. Right. I love how you explain that. Like, I've never heard that moving from the, did you say South node into the North node and, and, and then using all of your modalities combined and having that be, um, you can pull from them if you need them there. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's really what it's all about is uh, it's the source. It's moving from those South node tendencies to those North node tendencies through growth and learning and we're down here in what I like to call earth school and a soul having a human experience. Um, And that means expanding and not contracting. And if we are like 95% of the time, if I feel like I fall into some low vibrational energy, which I'm not exempt from, I wish I was, I'm not, I'm human too. Um, If I do a scan and I sit with myself and I say, okay, am I living from South no tendencies right now? I usually am. And then that's my choice if I want to stay there or if I want to push myself forward towards that soul growth to that North node tendency. And we all will have, um, the nodes are generational, but where it hits us specifically is where they are in our chart based on quadrant and house. And we all have a South node. We all have a North node and yeah. I'm going to have to look mine up. I don't know what it is, but that'll be my homework after this recording <laughs> to go look at where my north node is and what that means for me yeah you should I've been actually doing an astrology course I haven't had a ton of time to like actually finish it but I'm like at the kind of beginning stages of it 
it's actually a lot more complicated than I thought it was, but it's really, really interesting to learn about it and how it can like relate to all of these other, like, you know, energetics and all these other modalities as well. It's just, there's, it's, yeah, it's really cool. It's almost like a foundation for a lot of things too, I feel like. Absolutely. I'm like an introverted extrovert. I'm a Libra rising, but I'm a Taurus sun. So, you know, my Libra comes out with this witty and charming and people person. And then, you know, when you really get to know me, I'm like at home with like a weighted blanket and a bag of chips watching Netflix. Like I'm probably not going to talk to people for the next 10 hours. Um, And that's how, like with that, with my placements being on the lower, lower level of my chart, if anyone pushes me for information when I'm not ready to give it, just watch how I will completely contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, and these, this is what I love about astrology. I'm not, I don't necessarily believe in living your life completely only through that lens because there's always something happening. There is always something going on in the skies. And what I think where it comes in as a complete asset is to understand um, like, for example, we're in eclipse season right now and understanding that emotions are going to be high. This is a time where um, change is happening. The old is being shed so the new can come through. And if you understand that, especially for the fixed signs who don't like change, for the fixed signs who don't like change, to know that it's coming mm-hmm. and to be able to understand that when it's being shed, it's okay. Mm-hmm. Aren't you a Taurus and then like a Libra, right? Or I think, aren't you similar to Jen or no? Um, I'm, a, I'm the Taurus sun, Scorpio rising and oh, okay. Leo or I'm, I'm like all of those that you just said, Jen, and like to like change throws me. Yeah. So we have the same, so we have the same sun and moon. And then I have a Libra rising, you have a Scorpio rising. I really like your placements. I love Scorpios. <laughs> and it's funny because Taurus and Scorpio are opposing signs. So we're not necessarily supposed to jive, but every Scorpion I meet, I'm just like, yeah, I like you. I You're always mysterious. date Scorpios. Like all of my boyfriends past and present are Scorpios. <laughs> well, I think, I feel like Scorpio placements will also crave Scorpio placements because there's nothing surface level about Scorpios. It is deep, deep water. It's wanting to understand someone at that soul level. And it's almost like if things are going to be surface level, what's the point? So you need to have someone who's going to be able to go and have those deep conversations with you because like there's just nothing surface level about Scorpio. So yeah, if you have if you're Taurus, Scorpio, Leo, those are all fixed placements. So change does not come naturally. It doesn't mean it can't come, but um, I feel this as a Taurus sun, Leo moon too. And it's just one of our lessons in this life is really leaning into change and really knowing that, again, we are here to expand and not contract. We don't have an option. We have to grow. Change is part of it. And just understanding that change isn't bad. Does it change doesn't need to be bad change is okay yeah sometimes it can be hard to accept the changes as well but like you know a lot of the times if these are happening they're usually happening for a reason in a way and like you said to kind of like help us along this journey and grow and evolve and 
Yeah, totally. Um, another thing where I find working with astrology really helpful within sessions, it just helps people understand. And when I read astrology, I don't read it in a predictory way. I read it um, in a way of helping one understand who they are at a soul level and a soul purpose. Okay. So a huge like light bulb moment for me with my chart was, um, so my Mercury, which is my communication is in its strength. So when I was in corporate, I used to be able to go into, um, it was a male dominated environment and I would go in and I conduct a meeting with men who are like double my age, didn't, it wasn't even phased, totally fine. And then if I, so this is with my communication being in its strength, my Venus, which is paired with my love, my love language, how I love, how I communicate within my love, all of that is in a double weakness. So what that means is I could go in and have these meetings. Sometimes I'd be talking in front of 80 people, no problem. But then when it would come to someone that I was dating, <laughs> so such a different story. It was really hard for me to articulate my feelings. It still is hard for me to articulate my feelings. And I always like describe it as I'm sure everyone's seen that movie, The 40 Year Old Virgin, when they make him call that girl and she answers and she's like, hello. He's like, <gasps> and like hangs up the phone. Like that's what it, that's what I would feel like when I would have to um, like just talk about anything within my relationship. And I used to get so frustrated because I'd just like be like, just say it. Like, what's your problem? Like, this is my internal dialogue. Mm -hmm. And now that I understand that about myself, it's my internal dialogue has shifted because I can say, Jen, like, I know why this feels hard for you. I know why you don't want to have this conversation, but you're fine and you can do it and you are okay and go. Mm-hmm. So just things like that, just understanding your strengths, your weaknesses and how to leverage them. Like it's just a total game changer. For sure. And usually we'll like kind of know what our weaknesses are, I feel like, but like maybe until you actually have a reading done by someone and someone like tells you like you need to communicate better, like in your relationship or, you know, be more open to change or whatever. It's just almost that like little extra push that we need. I I know I'm like that too. Like I'm a Libra. I have always whatever dated Aries. um, And I know (laughs) they are quite fiery humans. Um, And I don't know, like I always am just good with like, like, I don't know. I don't want to fight with anyone. I just kind of want to be the peacemaker. And maybe I'm there also to kind of make them have to you know, it's not all about them, not be so fiery all the time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's interesting, which maybe they need that to kind of balance themselves out as well, too. (laughs) And that's such a Librian trait. Um, Just, and that's like, when you look at the Librian, it's like, it's like the justice scales. It's wanting, it's wanting to have that peace and wanting to have that harmony and feeling like, you've heard everyone's side of the story to be able to make a proper decision and that you're being really fair. And Librians are really the peacekeepers of the world. My mom's a Librian. I'm a Libra rising. So I deeply resonate with what you just said. (laughs) Yeah, no, I always just feel like I'm like, I just want to make everyone happy. I don't want anyone to fight. I don't want to (laughs) fight. Let's just, it has to be your way. It'll be your way, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, which Aries, they're they're challenging one to be with at times. Like I'm like, oh my goodness, why do I keep doing this? But 
Well, they're the first astrological sign for the astrological new year. They're fire. They're the first fire sign. So it's like the that teenage immaturity energy of Aries, like that adolescent adolescence energy, not saying that, that um, Aries are immature, but it's that impulsive yes. leadership let's go energy and we need that because they like it's it's like I said it's the first it's the one that's like (laughs) exact exactly yeah exactly they just go for it there's no hesitating no overthinking they just do it and exactly we do need those people for those of us who are a little bit more like shy or timid or Lex and I both overthink all the time and so but you know it is what it is so (laughs) Um, and so do you work with women with specific, um, I don't want to say like conditions, but like people who have been through losses or um, like what are some common I, things that you work with that women come to you for? Totally. I think where the commonality is between all of them is it's just women who have really, they've, they've tried on their own really wanting to make that growth and they just feel either stuck on how to move forward or unsure of the next steps and how to move forward. Um, But again, I feel like the commonality is just really wanting more out of life, wanting to move forward, whether that be within career relationships, positive mindset. Um, Outside of my coaching program, I will do singular hypnotherapy sessions that is more case specific where um quitting smoking sometimes or just behavioral patterns that want to be shifted grief um anxiety depression insomnia um so that's more i think like wanting to come for one specific thing if it's someone who's who's drawn to work with me from Um, like a a session, like a coaching program standpoint, then it's really just moving forward, again, creating that sustainable growth, that losing that one step forward, three steps back, feeling more empowered within yourself, more aligned within yourself. Because when we step into that highest version of ourselves, that is when we are in the energy to be able to attract the relationship that we want, or maybe we're in the relationship already, but we want it to be more harmonious, Um, the career that we want, anything that we really want to welcome into our lives. And I think a lot of times when we fall, maybe when we're going through a challenging period in our lives and we've all been there, I've been there, and you can fall into that little bit of depressive state or that low energetic vibration, as I like to say, state. And it's that we'll all be happy when, or It's really waiting for that thing that you want to happen to pull you out to move forward. And it doesn't always work that way. So what happens when what you're really wanting to call into your life hasn't come to fruition yet? What happens when you're in that gray area? And that's a huge thing that I work with women on too, is how to be how in the now, how to be how in the, um, excuse me, how to be happy in the moment, uh, how to find that peace and clarity in that gray area. And then when you can kind of get in that state, it's so much easier to move forward. Um, But finding that clarity and finding that peace within that gray area can be challenging. I get that. I go through that too. 
And that's just a huge thing on being able to move forward the way that you want to. It's allowing yourself to be happy when you haven't necessarily found the things that you're looking for to come into your life. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a great answer too, is it's really just like women or individuals who are wanting to, yeah, like you said, step into like the best version of themselves and um, grow. It's not necessarily like focusing on, you know, conditions. Like I come from a nursing background and to be honest, like it was great. I still might go back to it eventually, but like in a different way, but it just got to the point where you know, it's so focused on disease all the time and illness. And it's, it needs to be more about like keeping people healthy and finding other ways, like more holistic ways and working with energetics and spirituality and things like that. Like I even went to OBGYN recently to get a new IUD put in. And she was even talking about like, she was like aware of, you know, um, like energy work and all these things too. So it's like kind of nice to see that they're starting to also kind of become aware and incorporate that into it. Because I know when I was nursing, I haven't done it now really for a couple of years, but it, it wasn't really like that at all. And people weren't aware of it at all. So I'm assuming it's maybe starting to shift a little bit, but there's still obviously, I mean, we still need nurses and doctors and everything because people will always be sick, unfortunately, but Um, if we can, you know, explore these illnesses and conditions and all these other types of treatment, it might actually start to help people a little bit more. (laughs) Totally, totally. And I, I agree with you. Um, you know, we are going to need Western medicine for sure. And I think that there is such a power when it's combined. Um, there was a study done out of one of the teaching hospitals in Toronto where, distant Reiki healing was being sent to women who had had Mm C-sections and it was like the placebo effect where they all thought they were getting it, but only half of them were. Mm -hmm. And again, this isn't even hands-on healing. This is distant Reiki healing. Um, And the women who were receiving the, the women who were receiving the Reiki healing needed less pain medication by way of support to help them move through um, the aftermath of of the C-section than the ones that didn't. And it's stuff like that where it's just, it like it's so, so powerful. And of course, like if you break your leg, you're going to need to go, you're going to need a cast. You're probably going to need some Western medicine support. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course there's holistic things that can be done in support of that. And I think again, when combined, such, such a, like so powerful. And do you do like, um, cause we've talked to other people who do Reiki, um, or like, I guess Lex will probably be better explaining this, but like the astral Reiki, do you practice anything like that? Or is it more like in-person Reiki for your sessions with clients or how does all that work with your work? Mm, totally. So, um, all my sessions are done virtually. So any of the, the healing that I'm, that I do is distant and, It's so interesting because so when I was in Toronto and I had my in-person practice, um, I wasn't doing distant healing and I don't know why. It was just, Mm -hmm. I'm a Taurus. I decided I'm not doing it. So I wasn't doing it. And people were coming to me asking uh, through my social media. And I would say, oh, I don't offer that service currently. And then it was November, 2019. 
And I remember I was sitting in my aunt's living room and I was answering my Instagram DMs and someone from Australia reached out to me and said, do you do distant healing? And I wrote, I wrote back, yes. And then I was like, whoa, why did I say that? I don't do distant healing. And I was like, okay. And I kind of sat with it for a minute. And so I was like, okay, well, I said, I'm going to do it. I'll do it. And um, fast forward, you know, a few months when the whole world shuts down and in-person healing isn't even an option anymore. And for whatever reason, for myself, I find that distant healing, I feel it more intensely and more powerful than I ever have with an in-person session. I'm not saying one is better than the other by any means for me. So it's been so interesting to see how that shifted for me and how I have no idea why I said yes. I was like unconsciously and how important that and guided that one moment was to where I needed to take my practice and how things needed to transition for what was coming up in the world. So yeah, definitely divinely guided there, I think. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it, like a little precursor to COVID coming. You knew somehow that you were going to totally. have to take everything online. And I've heard that from other uh, Reiki healers too, just that like some people can't even do an in-person session. So the, the distance healing is just as powerful, if not more, like you're saying for whoever needs it that way as well. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. And I think COVID has like, I mean, obviously because we were all forced to do everything online, but I think it's almost worked in people's favor in a way. Like we've said before, like it's really made people turn in and like focus on themselves and like really, you know, but it's also allowed people to explore like all of these different treatments and modalities and work with all these different people around the world that like if you could only go in person you probably would only receive like a fraction of those treatments right so I think you know in a way COVID has sucked but it's also <laughs> it still sucks because it's still happening but like um you know it's definitely opened a lot of doors and opportunities for people that like we probably like was Zoom even a thing before COVID I don't remember that it was but now it's like everyone uses zoom like we're using zoom right now like what would we have done otherwise like you know what I mean it's so crazy how it's opened so many doors for for everyone <laughs> absolutely and that's one of the things that I absolutely love about having an online practice um like there's days where I you know shut down for the day and I'm just like I've spoken with someone in four different countries today mm -hmm. and it's just yeah it's just amazing and yeah you're right like I feel like zoom was a thing but like it wasn't a thing yeah like no one really knew about it but then like whoever <laughs> zoom just got really rich after COVID happened like you no know, they weren't making very much money before but they're making yeah. a killing now <laughs> COVID made zoom a household name for sure zoom owes everything to COVID yeah, <laughs> yeah. big time <laughs> Um, and while we're on the topic of like kind of doing all these modalities online, like that's how I met you, Jen, was through um, participating in one of, well, actually two now of your um, online hypnotherapy sessions. And I don't think, no, we haven't talked to anyone who's done hypnotherapy yet. So if you can explain how you hold totally. those sessions on Zoom, as we're talking about. <laughs> totally. So 
The type of hypnotherapy that I do is clinical suggestive. So hypnosis is basically an induced state of trance. So an altered state of awareness or consciousness allowing a reduction in conscious activity. So the conscious mind, its job is to filter and question and stop and basically question. But the conscious mind is built through experience and experience can be bias. The subconscious mind is the part of the mind that is responsible for automatic response, basically due to like previous programming. It doesn't think it just does. And then we have the unconscious mind, which is responsible for our heart beating, breathing, things like that. So through this form of suggestive hypnosis, we work with the subconscious mind while allowing the conscious mind to relax and therefore not judge, not question, not filter the information that's coming in. So this is what really allows for that behavioral shift, um, that suggestion shift, that thought process shift. And one of the things I think is very important to highlight is although the conscious mind, we allow it to take a break while we are connecting directly with the subconscious, there's always a there's always a degree of the conscious mind there. So one of the biggest first question I get is, are you going to make me feel like I'm a chicken? I'm like, no, that's stage hypnosis. I don't do that. <laughs> and then um, a, a second concern is usually just around not wanting to feel like they don't have any control or that they're going to be made to do something that they don't want to do. No one can ever under hypnosis be able to do something that is against their moral fiber, against their conscious belief system. So under hypnosis, you could never program someone to go harm someone unless they already wanted to do that. So um, it's such, it's a very, very safe technique and a very, um, it's a way to get instant results. Of course, there are layers to things, but instant shifts in behavior. So um, it works also with implicit memories, which are, so there's implicit memories and explicit memories. Implicit memories are things that you remember that you didn't necessarily choose to. An explicit memory is needing to study for something. You really have to try to remember it. Implicit memories are things that you're, you're, you just remember. And a lot of times we don't even know that we remember them. And a lot of times working with clients to help shift thought patterns or behaviors or anything that they're wanting to move. A lot of times it goes back to childhood. And I know that sounds so cookie cutter. Of course it goes back to childhood, but um, when we're children, we are very singularly focused, which means we have an inability to really consider anyone else's feelings because it's always about us. Mm -hmm. So if our parents are fighting and we're around and it's a loud argument or just any type of uncomfortable energy, naturally that child will think it's about them because they don't have the capacity to understand that someone could be arguing about something other than them because they don't have the ability to understand that. So just giving you an example of an implicit memory where that child can have that locked in that feeling, it then creates um, a belief system or a thought pattern and it stays there. And then you continue living your life. You never think about it again because 
you probably don't even remember it, um, but it will affect the way that we can, the lens in which we see the world through, the way that we think, the way that we experience. And what I'm really passionate about, and I always have been, is removing and shifting and healing from the root. Because if we're not shifting things from, from where it started, then it's just going to come back or it's not going to be fully worked through. And that's what I'm really passionate about. Um, and this is where I get so fascinated with the subconscious and where I've understood that there needs to be accountability on the subconscious and the conscious to be able to really move forward to shift these things from the root. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. So a really long-winded way of saying that, because I could talk about this forever. I get really excited, but um, let me know if that answered your question. <laughs> Definitely. It did. And yeah, like hypnotherapy, I feel like we've touched on it with actually um, like past life regressions and um, as well as going into Akashic records. Um, but it really can be used for all of these things that you're saying too, right? To um, really get to the root of something without having to do the full, like talk therapy, talking through stuff. It's more so just that root cause that, like you're saying, you might not even remember what that thing was that happened when you were five years old. Um, that, is accounting for some of the ways that we react to things today or, um, yeah. Totally. And it's interesting. So when I, when I went through my training for this, there was, um, in New Zealand, they call them GPs. I feel like everything, I don't remember what things are called at home anymore. Um, just like a doctor. Yeah. We do call them GPs here as well. So you're do we? right on. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember anymore. The, the nurse terms. would know. There you go. Yeah. MD. <laughs> yeah. And that's it. MD. That's what my brain was going for. And um, so there is a G, there's a GP in when I was learning. And when it was interesting, because when you could see some of the spiritual stuff coming up, you could kind of see your eyes glazing over. Like, I don't know if I really believe this, which is totally fine. Mm -hmm. um, but in one of our um, case studies that we got to see an example of, we didn't necessarily know it was going to go back to a past life, but when we were, or when the teacher was working within shifting the case study and it wasn't clearing, it wasn't clearing. And I was fascinated because she just said, look down at your hands. Are they yours? And she went, no. And then I saw her go into, in like a clinical suggestive, it wasn't even coming in as a past life mm -hmm. session, but in that clinical suggestive case study, had to go back to a past life because it wasn't even of this life. It was of a past life. And then so clears it and then, um, you know, open your eyes, how are you feeling? And everything had shifted. So really, and it's, I think I might've been the only one in, I'm thinking, I think I might've been the only one who came from a spiritual background. So I was just like, my eyes, I was like, oh my God, I, this is, yes, I totally resonate with this. Um, and it was really, really cool for me to see that um, even though, of course, I know, I know that that can be something because I do soul clearings, but really interesting to see how even in that with not even intending for it to go back into a regression, mm -hmm. how that, yeah, so fascinating. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, my, or someone in my family, she is a, I can't remember, psychiatrist or psychologist. I know they're similar, but slightly different. So I don't want to say one or the other in case I'm wrong, but she was even saying like in school, they learned how to do like hypnotherapy and hypnosis. Um, I think in one of her practicums, it was on like inmates in prison. Um, so that was really interesting too, to like kind of hear about that. I think in certain areas, maybe um, doctors, especially in that area are maybe taught to do that depending on like who they're um, doing it for, right? But um, yeah, that was something that was really interesting. Just I sparked that in my brain as you're talking about GPs. So, um, but I don't know if everyone does that, like when they're going into med, like in med school, if that's like mm. something they really teach people or if it's more people that kind of work with mental health. Like I know my counselor, she'll do like a little bit of hypnotherapy and stuff like that. So I'm kind of thinking maybe still within that like kind of mental health um, area and then also like the spiritual work as well. So, yeah. It's so interesting. The subconscious mind is so powerful. Mm-hmm. It fascinates yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, and I know for me in the sessions that I did with you, Jen, um, it, it was just, they were short sessions, super relaxing. Um, they weren't, they were group sessions. So they're not, um, you know, trying to pinpoint one thing specifically for just me personally. Um, and I know I asked this question in the session, but it might be something that other people wonder about too, is just like when you are tapping into that subconscious, um, I know sometimes during meditation as well as hypnotherapy, I will fall asleep during it. And I think you did a really good job explaining just how that works with how your mind is still there even if you're like not your your conscious mind isn't there and you feel like you're kind of asleep or you don't remember what happened during your trance state totally yeah um so whether again because the point of and so the ones that we did those would those were um meditations so i i like to do group sessions for guided trance meditations just to allow people to experience what it can feel like maybe if they're just a bit skeptical because I I totally get how anyone could come into this unsure um, which is why I always explain to people that there is a form of the conscious mind that will always be there and I cannot make you do anything that you don't want to do Um, so with us targeting to allow the conscious mind to relax so we can access the subconscious, that may mean that you may just actively fall asleep. When it's a one-on-one session, I do like, I'll ask questions and I'll get people to either respond with a simple yes or use their fingers during um, like idiomotor response or head nods. Mm -hmm. So it's not as typical to fall asleep, but it can happen. But in a meditation, I know like when I do those forms of meditations, I just fall asleep too, because it's so relaxing, but you're still actively hearing and your subconscious is still actively hearing. And whether you are, whether you consciously remember or you don't, your your subconscious is still absolutely absorbing everything. And um, yeah, I totally, it's funny whenever, even like whether it's a one-on-one client or whether it's a group session, like when it's time to come back to the present moment, see, everyone's just like, oh, I don't want to, I just want to stay. (laughs) I do that with my sister too. She has like this book of hypnosis. And so like, 
sometimes I'll go in there and just do a hypnosis session too at the end and I'm like do I have to come back to the room like I'm pretty cozy on this couch and I could just sleep here for the rest of the day but um yeah and I don't want to throw you for a loop but do you have like any um or do you work a little bit with like dream work or anything because I know that kind of no I, know oh, I was just, no, I was, I was going to say, no, oh. you're not throwing me for a loop. Okay. okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, no, then we don't have to go there. Um, but yeah, I think that's super interesting too. Cause I know there's obviously some people who remember their dreams really well. I'm not someone who has ever really been able to, but I know people will like keep dream journals and things like that. Do you kind of work with that a little bit too with clients or? At this point, it's not a modality that I've fully dove into I find it really fascinating yeah though and I know that there is most definitely um I think that messages can come through by way of dreams I think that because when we're sleeping our conscious is completely down so a lot of times for people who are starting their journey with um like psychic abilities things will come through in dreams first because their conscious mind's not there filtering everything. Right. So as of yet, not not a modality that I've fully dove into, but very interested and very fascinated by all of it for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I just thought maybe it would be something that would kind of tie into hypnotherapy too. So I just wanted to kind of hear your opinion on that because yeah, it's really cool to talk to some people who have had some pretty crazy experiences in their dreams. So yeah. I've definitely had those moments where I've woken up from a dream and been like, what was that supposed to tell me? Like, what did that even mean? That was wild. Um, It's crazy how they can be too. You know what I mean? It's like, oh gosh, like what is our mind doing? You know, sometimes it's like, why? That's so random and weird, but yeah, it's crazy. Super interesting. See, this is what I tell you, the subconscious mind. It's so interesting. Yeah. We yeah. need next we need to find someone who does like, you know, <laughs> people's dreams and stuff. Like that would be so cool to like study that. I don't know if anyone like, I don't know, like psychologists or someone who like I'm sure someone does out there, but I don't know. I think it's really cool. So yeah, Sid, that's funny you brought that up because I actually just my mom has a big book. It's like 10,000 dreams or something like that it's called and I'll have to show it to you but um I just borrowed it from her because I've been dream journaling like I just write down whatever I remember which is not much because I do not have very vivid dreams most of the time um but it has all like it has keywords of things that might be in your dreams and when you look it up it'll tell you like it'll tell you a spiritual meaning it'll tell you like what it might actually mean like in terms of where your brain's at or what what you're thinking about um and it's really super interesting to just pull up the words or keywords of things that come up and I know for me lately I've been like dreaming about camping all the time and that is something that is not in the dream journal and I want to know what it means so <laughs> if anybody knows please tell me well I think we just might have found like a whole another podcast topic for you guys you just need to find someone who specializes in this I know we keep kind of like talking about it and bringing it up like even with you I was like I feel like I need to just ask her about this because I feel like <laughs> she'll have like something really cool to talk about but yeah we keep like 
kind of touching the surface on it, but we haven't pinned anyone down yet to guilt trip them to come on to our podcast. So um, we'll put it out and put it out into the universe now. If anyone's listening that knows definitely contact. Yeah. <laughs> um, so maybe we'll wrap things up. Do you mind just sharing a little bit about how potential clients, if there's anyone listening to this, can connect with you and um, about all the services you offer and how they can, um, yeah, contact you. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So um, through my Instagram, which is at Ocean and Oracle, all of my services are laid out there. You can DM me directly. It will also send you to my website where my email is. And I always... I always put on my Instagram, if you guys have any questions, just send me a DM. I'm always happy to chat. And um, if there's any questions that come out of this, just even anything that I've said on the podcast today, uh, if you have, just send me a DM. Always happy to chat, always happy to answer questions. And thank you guys so much for allowing me to be here today with you. I love your podcast. I think you guys have just the best energy. I love the story of how your podcast came to be and just super stoked that I could be here today talking about what I love and sharing that with you guys. Thanks for listening. To support us, please rate, review, subscribe, and share. And we'll see you next week for our next episode of the Soul Connection Duo podcast.